On today's episode of the Digging In Podcast, we talk about Gideon. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the digging in podcast my name is finn and i'm basically the only guy you're going to hear from for the time being so if you forget my name i guess that's totally fine but once again my name is finn i am a youth minister at first baptist church of durango colorado And this podcast has been such an incredible opportunity for me to make and and for me to share, but also to join in on the community of other believers, young and old, as they dig into scripture to find out the crazy and wild and amazing things that the Bible actually says about the loving and compassionate, just and righteous God of the universe. If you have really enjoyed listening to this podcast, tell your friends about it. I don't care. Tell everybody about it. Post it on your Facebook. Post it on your social media, on your Instagrams and and whatnot. I don't really care. I think it's really awesome. It's a great little resource. I officially uh, just got word the other day that FCA um, in this region is actually going to be using the Digging In podcast as an opportunity to um, dig into scripture more and that they can use it as a resource for them to read the Bible as a daily devotional and and learn also about the Bible. So I'm thrilled that that's an opportunity for kids uh, in high school, uh, middle school and high school to be able to use it. But I'm also constantly encouraged by the crazy amounts of people, um, college-aged, adults, men's, women's um, groups that are using this podcast. So um, for all of you listening, thank you for listening, but also Congratulations and nice job on making it this far. If you guys are listening to this episode, you are on episode 17 and you have made it through a whole whirlwind of characters in this Lessons From series. And if you just listened to our last one, then you buckled in for a crazy, crazy ride as we talked about Deborah. Uh, in our last episode, and uh, you're about to witness quite the devolvement of mankind as mankind somehow spirals even lower than they have before. But before we get to talking about that, let's uh, grab our materials, our our Bible, pen, and paper. Uh, Let's sit down, get nice and comfy, and uh, let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, bringing us together. God, for for even though we are separated by uh, the fact that this is a podcast and uh, I don't even know all the people really listening to this podcast, I just thank you for the fact that you bring us together. God, that under one banner, even those of us who don't know each other now will one day know each other in heaven. God, that under your banner, the banner of the king of the universe, we can learn more about you and love you more. God, thank you so much for your your son and his work on the cross and, and what that means for us today. And it's stories like his, and it's stories, uh, his being the most important and most profound of all stories, but also it's the stories that we read in the Bible, ultimately that lead us back to you. God, it's ultimately the stories in the Bible that even point to your son and his work on the cross, making the work of your son even bigger and stronger than we may understand. So today, as we continue the story in the darkest days of Israel, I pray that you would reveal to us more about yourself. God, help us to not copy the images of the people we see, but rather learn about you so that we can love you more and walk in the way that you expect us to walk, but also in the way that you want us to walk. 
We love you so much, God, in your name. Amen. All right, guys, let's do this. We are in Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And that's where we are going to start our story today. If you have had the opportunity to look at the title of this podcast and considering you clicked it, I imagine you did, then you know that we are talking about Gideon. So some of you may know the story of Gideon from uh, whenever you actually learned it. I don't know, but you may know his story. It's, it's rather famous. And uh, if you do, awesome. I'm going to shine some different light on it today to help us see a more, a more legitimate version of who Gideon actually was and what that means for us. And so go ahead and uh, get your Bible ready. Uh, Gideon's story starts in 6-1, Judges 6-1, and it goes all the way to 8-35. And so I think you could crush through this if you want uh, right now. I'd love it if you would just pause this, actually. Just go ahead and do it. Pause this and read 6-1 to 8-35, and then come back and join us as we discuss the story of Gideon. Right on. So uh, crazy stories, uh, really interesting kind of storyline. And and there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of places. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of people um, with ridiculous names. And this is case in point why, again, like I said in the last episode, why a lot of us struggle to read the Bible. We could not be more out of context. We could not be more spread apart and far away from the stories that we read right here. And it proves that much when we can't even pronounce these people's names. Like when we travel abroad and we try to learn someone's name, sometimes we can usually get, get those people's names. But we're looking at names that like could not be more far apart from what we know. And with that, regions of the world and, and tribes and just stuff that we don't even know. And, and, and it's, it's honestly, it's hard. And so I get it. I get that it's hard, but I'm trying to help us to see that although it's hard, there's a way to dig in. There's a way to do this. And so at one of these ways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep giving you little hints and tips here and there just to improve uh, the way you guys read and, and do things. I, I told you guys about Google searching um, and, and using Google, using the massive tool you have there. Another one today would be to maybe try a different translation of the Bible. If you're like me and you read the ESV, the English Standard Version, then you've got a reason for why you read it. And maybe some of you read uh, the King James. Maybe some of you read the NIV or the NASB, um, whatever. You know, try out a different version. See if you read some of that stuff and you're confused. Maybe a different version says it a little bit differently. If you're really having a hard time, and you really want, but you really want to understand it, try the NLT, the New Living Translation. Although I don't find myself reading that translation all that much, it does a pretty decent job expressing the information that's uh, available to us here in the scripture and, and breaking it down into modern terms in a way that just make a little bit more sense to us. So instead of using a word, um, you know, a few words at a time kind of approach to translating Hebrew and Greek, they actually use a kind of more of an idea. So they take an idea or a feeling of a certain text and then translate it as such. So it's a little bit more common speak rather than um, big words and complicated stuff sometimes. So maybe try out a different version of the Bible and see if you read that in a different version, if it helps you to understand what you're reading. Even if you don't know where and who, all that kind of stuff, you can Google those things. You can search those things. Um, but as long as you can understand the words in the general flow, then I think you'd be good. So there's your tip for the day. Um, and let's talk about 
right off the bat, let's look at this story of Gideon. We see Gideon, and, <clears throat> and we, what we see is a, is a guy who is a little cowardly. He's a little scared, frightened, nervous, anxious, even kind of guy. Uh, he's just a regular dude, it feels like. And, and he's struggling with this idea that God wants him to do something, that God wants him to move. And, and what we read right there in 611 is this angel of the Lord came down and sat next to Gideon. And in this moment, you, you should be remembering all the other moments that you've read about so far where the angel of the Lord, God's presence, shows up to call someone. Right? We, we just read about uh, Deborah and we didn't read those words. We, we even read about Joshua and Joshua was spoken to by God, but the angel of the Lord, God's presence didn't really show up right there. And so Gideon gets to experience a pretty phenomenal thing. And the angel of the Lord, Lord comes and, and tells him, hey, I, I want you to basically, you're going to be the guy who brings about this massive victory over this people of Midian, right? And we don't know all that much about Midian, but we know that they're somewhat enemies and that God wants Israel to defeat them. And so Gideon does not really see uh, this being possible. In fact, he is so scared that he, he does this thing with the golden fleece, right? The sign of the fleece. Like, okay, God, I'm going to put this little, this little fleece out there. And if there's dew on it in the morning, then I know that I'm good. If there's not, then I'm, I can't do it. And then you know, it goes and God's like, okay, there's dew on it. You're good. And then Gideon goes and sees it. He's like, okay, good. I'm good. But you know what? Just, just to make sure I'm going to do it again. But this time, if there's no dew on it and there's dew on the grass around it, then I'm good. And then sure enough, God's like, you're, you're good. I already told you you're good. And so he's, he's reluctant. He's hesitant. This, this has some echoes of Moses, right? Moses was reluctant and hesitant to, to lead the people. And then what happens? He leads the people and God provides a victory. That With only 300 men, Gideon is able to lead Israel to victory over the Midianites. And I mean, how amazing is that? And not only that, he goes on to a, a wild battle. And it's a, a crazy, I mean, it's like not even close. Gideon destroys, Gideon is 300 men destroy an entire nation's army. Just amazing, right? Just absolutely wild. But here's something that changes. As we continue reading in uh, chapter 8, we read about a different Gideon all of a sudden. That after these victories and uh, after this, this moment of what seems like power, we, we see kind of an angry side. In fact, we see the reflections of Moses' anger and we see it multiplied. Because if you remember, when Moses was young, he, he murdered someone. Right? He murdered a, a, you know, an, an, a bad person, a person who was beating up one of his quote-unquote brothers, Jewish brothers, right? But he murdered someone and he ran away. And then later it shows he also got angry and because of his anger, wouldn't let, God wouldn't let him into the promised land, right? We see that anger in, in Moses and then now we see it in Gideon. But his anger seems to multiply because not only does he murder someone, but guys, Gideon murders fellow Israelites. Right there in chapter 8, he murders his own brothers. This power hungriness, just it, it all of a sudden, it takes over. This guy who was so scared and could not imagine God leading him to victory. And then God led him to victory and gave him the power to conquer that situation. Now thinks he's the greatest thing ever. And so he decides he gets to be the author of life and death. 
and he takes the lives of his own brothers. This is horrible because guess what? When one sin happens, plenty more follow. And what follows? Something even more ridiculous. After murdering fellow Israelites, he decides that it is truly his world and everyone else is living in it and that he gets to decide everything. And so what he does is he breaks the first two commandments, the most important commandments to God in terms of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but also serving no other gods, that he is the one and only God. And what does Gideon do but make an image? He makes some sort of crazy weird image and then the rest of Israel begins to worship that image because Gideon made it for them to worship. And so all of Israel then falls into a severe lack of faithfulness yet again as they allow this, this not, he's not even a king, he's just a, like a tribal ruler, a tribal leader to do something crazy and cause them to not just stumble but fall down a pit. Guys, Israel's faithfulness tanks here, all because one man decided that after one God-given victory, that he could essentially rule everything, including himself and all other people under him. It's this power-hungry lack of humility that brings Gideon to the bottom of it all. And then we see his death right there at the end of chapter 8. And then as chapter 8 closes, another judge of horrific nature rises up and the cycle downward continues. So what possibly could we learn from Gideon? What, what message can we possibly take from the story of Gideon? Guys, I think that one of the major concepts that we are meant to see in the life and story of Gideon is that change that happens halfway through. In chapters 6 and 7, we see a scared, he's meek, but he's borderline cowardly. And he's just a dude, right? And, and then all of a sudden, he, he almost puts God to the test, saying, God, I just want to know that you're faithful. And he's like, of course I'm faithful. You, you should know I'm faithful by now. I've always been faithful. If I tell you that you're going to go conquer and win, then go conquer and win. Don't you remember Deborah? She listened, and, and then we see as he does that, and then the victory happens, and it's glorious, it's amazing. These, these horrible enemies of old are finally defeated, and then he gets power-hungry. Guys, the lesson here is humility. The lesson in this moment is the recognition that in this book, the book of Judges, what we see is a continual downward spiral into a pit of despair, all because Israel decided to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And what was evil in the sight of the Lord was that they decided for themselves that they can rule their own world. In the last episode, I told you guys that that is not too dissimilar from today's culture. That all around you, everywhere you look, it's just people saying, you're your own master. You're your own king. You're in charge of your own universe, and we all just live in it. And you get to decide what is right. You get to decide what is wrong. And if someone tells you that those things are right and wrong, it doesn't matter what they say because you're your own master. And I told you that that was so wrong, and, it's, and it is. I'm, I'm confirming that it is. But what I want you to know most specifically is that there's a way to respond to this. 
there's a way to respond that isn't just read your Bible more. Because maybe that's all you heard was just go read your Bible now. Guys, no, this is a changed person. When we know Jesus Christ and he is our Lord and Savior, we are meant to be changed. We are putting off our old self, the self that was constantly in battle with trying to fit in and trying to be part of the world and trying to look and act like everyone else to be trendy or relevant. We are throwing that in the trash and taking on the identity of Christ. And the identity of Christ looks so much different from the world because the rest of the world is doing exactly what Gideon did. Taking that moment, getting power hungry, thinking it was all on him, bringing others down and bringing others underneath him so that they can serve him essentially, and then making an image, an idol to worship that isn't God. The world around us does that. And we are meant to look and act differently. And part of that is humility. One of the major characteristic traits of who Jesus is is a humble and meek servant. That his kingdom, that he was the one who became king of Israel, the king of all the world. And he ruled in an upside down kingdom where from a position of a servant, a lowly servant, a humble servant, he ruled. He looked not to himself and not for his own way, but for the way of the father. And he led other people to rely not on themselves and not on their own decisions and their own power, but on the power of the Father. And then when he left this earth and rose back up to heaven, he gave us his Holy Spirit, the same power that rose him from the grave, so that that power would live within us. So it would be Jesus Christ living within us, making us more like him, humbling us to realize that it's usually just God, not us. So guys, My lesson, my idea for today, the takeaway, is to look up the word humility. I want you to, as soon as this podcast is over, go look up the word humility, define it, define it for yourself a little bit, and then figure out how to practice humility. Practice it not because I'm telling you to or because it's some sort of law that you need to do in order to be a Christian, but practice it. Because your life has changed and you are meant to look different. You are meant to not look like everyone else around you. God is calling you to be some sort of outcast. So look different, be different, but be humble. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Join us next time as we conclude this horrific story in the book of the Judges and we close with the most misunderstood character in the entire Old Testament, the story of Samson.